This evening we're going to pick up right where we left off last Wednesday evening. Faith is how we receive anything from God. And we sang in the last song about the promises of God and the promises of God being yes and amen in Christ. Faith is how we receive anything from our Heavenly Father. And we go to Him on the basis of His Word and we go to Him in an attitude and a posture of faith. And whether we're making a confession, it has to be done in faith. Whether we're praying, it has to be done in faith. And whatever kind of prayer that we are praying, it has to be in faith, on the basis of faith in God and in his word. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Literally, he said, have the God kind of faith. And we know that Jesus had faith like his heavenly father, and he challenged us to have the same kind of faith, the God kind of faith. And as we'll see this evening, the God kind of faith doesn't say, it doesn't say what is. The God kind of faith says what you want or desire. It's not faith to say what is. It's not faith to magnify the circumstances. Faith is saying what the word says. Faith is saying what you want or desire. And Mark eleven twenty three then deals with confession. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. We're made in the image of God. Now, part of what brought Europe out of the dark ages was a return to the sources, a return to the literature of antiquity, a return in Christendom to the Bible, and the Bible being translated into the vernacular languages of Europe, English, French, and German. But what also helped bring Europe out of the Dark Ages was the Renaissance and the realization that mankind, humanity, men and women are capable of great and magnificent and wonderful things. And uh, unlike uh, modern art and throwing a paint at the wall, and some of what gets called art in 2023, the Renaissance masters demonstrated that human beings are truly capable of amazing things. And we're, we're made in whose image? We're made in the image of our Heavenly Father. And our words have great power and authority. And your words set the direction and the course of your life and Jesus said, we will have whatsoever we saith. And you might say, Austin, I don't like what I have. Well, you need to change what you are saying. And over time, as you change what you're saying, the circumstances in your life will change. Now, as we saw last Wednesday evening, the faith man, the faith woman, they believe in their heart, but they also believe in their words. The words of Jesus, the words of the Bible, the words of the Holy Spirit, perhaps on a Sunday or Wednesday, the Lord quickens something to you in the message or in his word. But the faith man also believes in his own words. The faith woman also believes in her own words. But as we learned last Wednesday evening to come to that place, you have to be a man or woman of your word. You know, if you say one thing and do another, and, you know, maybe somebody you're trying to get to do a deal, they don't know your word's no good. But if you know your word's no good, 
You have no confidence in what you say. You have no confidence in what you pray. And then you're in the position of doubt and unbelief because when you go to our Heavenly Father in prayer, as John warns us, your heart condemns you. And you can't pray in faith with confidence if your heart condemns you. So to have faith, to have confidence, to pray in faith, to confess in faith, to pray in faith and confidence, you have to be a man, a woman of your word. So the faith man, the faith woman, they also believe in their own words. And to come to that place, you have to turn off the noise and the static and the distractions of this world. You have to focus on Jesus. We ended with that last Wednesday evening to come to the place where the things of this world grow, as we used to sing about, strangely dim, and live a life where you are meditating on the Word of God. And then uh, along with that, a life of integrity. I think I mentioned that last Wednesday evening that there was a time we were having lunch or a get-together, and the grandson of Kenneth Hagin Sr. said to my father that when he would watch my father in the morning and TV, Sunday mornings on TV in Tulsa before going to church while he was getting ready, that the way my father presented faith was very different. And my father told him that he had been influenced not just by his grandfather and not just by Oral Roberts, but by Lester Sumrall, by Young Cho in South Korea, and that it's not just faith, it's faith and character. It's not just faith, it's faith and integrity. As pastor says all the time, we've got to get the forces of our life lined up and moving in the same direction. And that's why in our full gospel, charismatic, Pentecostal world, you have people, and then there's a lot of hype and a lot of, they're saying all kinds of crazy stuff, but you don't seem to have the evidence. And why is that? Well, their life is lacking the character and the integrity. But to walk in the blessings of the Lord, you've got to live the life. You've got to live the life. And that requires character, integrity, being a man and a woman of your word. Now let's go to Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. Ephesians 3, beginning in verse 20. The Apostle Paul writes, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. So whatever we're believing God for, not only does he want to do that in our lives, but he wants to do so much more than that. And again, any desire in your life that's good and godly and righteous, that didn't come from the devil. You've got to set aside this religious thing that our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to have anything. And that when you go to the store, all he wants you to have is the cheapest bread and the cheapest milk and, you know, the, the off-brand stuff. You know, when I was growing up, uh, sometimes that would be a joke amongst my friends that uh, no, nobody wanted the off-brand cola. They wanted the real thing. You got to set aside all that religious nonsense that our Heavenly Father doesn't want us to have anything. He wants to do exceedingly, abundantly more, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Now, where is the power of God at work? It's at work within us. You might say, Austin, I don't feel like that. Well, we don't walk by how we feel. We walk by faith. We walk by the word of God. And his power is at work in us. And where is God's power released from? Well, his power is at work within us. So if his power is at work within us, then his power is released from 
within us, from within the believer. I remember when my father and I had the opportunity to travel with T.L. Osborne to one of his later crusades, which was in Ukraine, one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. And one of those days he told me, he said, Austin, we don't pray the power down, we preach the power out. The power of God comes from within. And the power of God is at work within us. If you're born again, you're born by the Spirit of God. Paul tells us that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're born again, we're a part of the family of God, we're a part of the kingdom of God. And if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we have his fullness. As Paul tells us, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells within us. And again, you might say, well, Austin, I don't always feel like that. Again, we don't walk by how we feel. We walk by faith. And as I encouraged you this past Sunday morning, when you're at work or someone you know and they come to you with a need and you have the opportunity to pray, how are we to pray? In faith. And where is God's power at work? Within us. And so when you touch their shoulder or lay hands upon them and pray, where is God's power released from? From within. And we have to be careful as full gospel people because sometimes even though we're, yes, faith, 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 we don't walk by faith. We don't walk by the word. We walk by how we feel. And one of the traps that we can get into in our realm is that we, before, we think before we pray for a friend or a coworker, well, we gotta go do a three-day fast, a five-day fast, a seven-day fast. We've gotta go to the car and pray for an hour before we pray for them. We don't walk by how we feel. We walk by faith. We walk by the word. And I'm getting ahead of my notes, but in Mark 16, the Great Commission, it says that the Lord confirmed his word. The Lord worked with them, confirming his word. You know, praise God, it's, the Lord doesn't confirm us. Because we are not perfect, and we are in need of a Savior. He confirms his word, and he backs up his word. He doesn't answer the prayer on the basis that, well, Austin has done a good job on Wednesday, January, today, the, what's the date today? 25th. The 25th. I successfully got all the kids in the car this morning, jackets on, buckled up without a sharp word of instruction. <laughs> and successfully got the kids to school and had the whole day and then picked everybody up and got everyone home with, with just sweet words the whole day and never a sharp word. Does he, does he answer or do wonders based on that? No. He confirms his word. And yes, we should aspire to live the best that we can live. We should aspire, as Paul said, to aim for perfection. But God doesn't answer prayer on the basis of that. He answers prayer on the basis of his word and are coming to him on the basis of faith in his word. And that's important for, some, for us as full gospel people to keep in mind because sometimes we get in our heads that, well, before I can pray or before I can confess or before I can be used to the Lord to pray for someone at work, I've got to go do this spiritual thing for a couple of days. And that is a trap to get into. It's a wrong road to head down. He confirms his word. So T.L. Osborne told me on that trip, he said, Austin, we don't pray the power down, we 
preach the power out. God's power is at work within us, and his power is released from within us. Look at Matthew 12, beginning in verse 33. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Make a tree bad, its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you, who are evil, say anything good? He was speaking to the religious leaders. How are you who are evil, how can you say anything good? For out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. On another occasion, when Jesus pronounced all foods clean, he told his disciples that it's not what goes into a man that makes him unclean, it's what comes out of a man, from his mouth. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And the evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. And again, that's that character and integrity actually living the Christian life. What are we storing within? What are we depositing within our lives? We have to guard that. We have to police that. We have to supervise that according to the word. So good things come from within from the inside. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. The evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. So this is part of why we have to guard what we deposit. We also have to be focused in renewing our minds to the word of God. Verse 36, I tell you that men will have to give account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, how do you square that with the idea in Christendom today that grace means it doesn't matter how we live or what we do or what we say? That we, we can just profess Christ and live however we want, and we're good, and when we get to heaven, everybody's gonna have the same reward, the same little McMansion, everything's gonna be even Stephen, and we're not gonna have to give an account. Well, it's nonsense. And here's just one example. Jesus said that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. I told Jessica this morning that getting the girls out of the car, I just made a weird movement and dislocated my right shoulder She's like, did you say something? I said, no, I was so proud of myself. I didn't say anything. I didn't curse and say anything negative, and I didn't say anything positive either. I just kept my cool and let it roll back in and got the, got the youngest girls out of the car. It was a-okay. We, we have to be careful what we deposit in our heart because in the stressful, tense moments of life or when there's a challenge or there's pain or something uncomfortable, it's going to pop out. And we have to guard what is being deposited within, what is being stored up within. And that, that language of storing up, well, that's just like going to the bank and making a deposit. Or when you're paid every two weeks and it's an auto deposit. Well, that's being stored up. Well, in the same way, what we listen to and what we watch, it's being stored up. So good things come from within. The good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. So this is why you have to guard what you allow or permit to be deposited in your life by what you see and watch and by what you hear. You know, there's a time and place for entertainment, but we still have to guard what we listen to 
and watch and our entertainment. Not everything is godly. Not everything is uplifting. And if you're around someone and it bothers your spirit, well, that, that's the Holy Spirit trying to warn you and love you and, and help you. Amen? So you have to be led by the Spirit. The Bible says those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And yes, we see from the New Testament, it is possible to grieve the Holy Spirit. So we have to be, we have to be sensitive to him. You know, if you're, you're watching something and your spirit grieves you, turn it off. If you're listening to something and your spirit grieves you, turn it off. If you, you know, go into a teenager's room and you hear something being played, music, it grieves you, you know, I would say uh, throw the cassette tape or CD away. Those days are long gone. You know, get on the computer and start, you know, delete, delete, delete. You're the parent, you're the authority. Guard what you're allowing into your life, but also guard what you're allowing into your home. This is why Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, consider carefully how you listen. And this is why we have to be careful and discriminating in our fellowship. Walking in love doesn't mean we let people abuse us, use us, or take advantage of us. Walking in love doesn't mean that we're, our ears are trash buckets for them to dump into. So for some people to truly walk in love, you got to keep your, your distance. And Jesus said we're to consider carefully how we listen. Jesus said in Matthew 6, beginning in verse 22, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So our ears are gateways to our spirit, but so are our eyes. And yes, praise God, our heavenly Father forgives, but Jesus said elsewhere in regards to evil, we are to be innocent, so we're to guard what we're storing up within and what we are depositing within so that when we pray and when we confess or when there's a challenge or there's pain or whatever kind of situation, what do we release? Not, not negative things, not doubt and unbelief, not profanity. We, we say what the word of God says. We release the good things of God. We release the power of God. And this requires that we change how we think, change what we do, and change what we what we say. So the faith man believes in his heart. The faith woman believes in her heart. And they also believe in their own words. When you come to the place where you have faith and confidence in your words, then you will have the victory in your life. You'll have the victory in your circumstances. And of course, what we ought to be saying is what the Word of God says. The Bible says in Hebrews 4 that the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It is the Word of God that has power. It is the word of God that has authority. And again, I mentioned the confession booklets. If someone looked at pastor's book of prayer or confession booklets, they, they might say, well, this is just a bunch of scripture. Yes, that's what works. That's what has power. That's, that's what has authority. I still like to classify myself amongst the young people. I don't know at what point I have to stop doing that. But us young people think we, we, we are, we're going to do something great by reinventing things or doing it our own way. No, the best thing is to stick with what works. 
and with what works is the word. And what works in prayer and confession is saying what God says, what his word says. And again, Mark 16, what does he confirm? Our theories, our opinions, our ideas. Well, I think, no. He confirms his word. And when we say his word, we pray on the basis of his word, that's what he confirms. That's what he backs up. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive them, and you shall have them. Now remember last Wednesday evening we learned that faith is our title deed. Hebrews 11, 1 in the Amplified, if we personalize it, we can read it this way. Now faith is the title deed to things hoped for. Faith is our title deed. When you confess or when you pray, your faith is your title deed that what you have asked for or what you have confessed, it belongs to you. Amen. And we're to stay in faith until we receive the physical manifestation of whatever we have confessed or have asked for or have believed we receive. And you might say, Austin, how long am I supposed to believe I receive? Until you receive what you have asked for. Until you have received what you have confessed. And the reality is some things are quicker than others. And uh, we just put that in the hands of God. Amen. Amen. I believe he's a father. I believe he is a father in the space and the speed at which things happen. I don't want to get sidetracked with that. So we have to trust him. But we are to believe we receive until we receive the physical manifestation. And while you're believing you receive faith, your faith your faith in God, your faith in his word, your faith that he's heard you, he's answered you, your faith that because you have confessed according to his word, he's heard, he's answered, he's backed it up, your faith is your title deed that you have what you've asked for, that it's yours, that it is on the way, that it is coming into your hands, that it is being made manifest in your life. And I think the good news is we are living in the last days, and one of the things we see living in these days is that things are speeding up. The wickedness in the world is speeding up, but also in the kingdom of God, in the positive, we're seeing things happen faster and faster and faster. I would say that over the past few years, answers to prayer, miracles, provision, these things are just speeding up, speeding up. So these are great days to be walking with the Lord. These are great days to be living by faith. Amen. Amen. Faith is our evidence or title deed that we have what we've asked for or prayed for or confessed until we receive the physical manifestation. And then once you have the manifestation, you no longer need faith for it. You know, I used the example last week of a vehicle. It's in, at home in the garage. I drove it today. I don't need faith for it. I have it. It's mine. Faith is our title deed until we receive the manifestation of whatever we desire or have believed God for. Faith calls things, like our Heavenly Father, faith calls things that are not as though they were. Faith considers it done. And then over time, it is done. Faith considers it done, and then over time, it's made manifest. Before Abraham was a father, God called him the father of many nations. God considered it done. In Abraham's present circumstances, that was not yet a 
reality. But from God's perspective, it was. It was done. Romans 4, 17, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. That's the God kind of faith. He calls things that are not as though they were. And remember that Abraham in his day, Moses had not yet been born. Abraham did not have the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. Abraham did not have the scriptures. He did not have the new covenant. Christ had not yet come. He wasn't born again. He wasn't filled with the spirit. And yet Abraham believed God. He was a faith man. So we have no excuses, amen? We can be born again. We can be filled with the Spirit. We have all of God's Word, His written revelation. So we have no excuse to not walk by faith. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God, in whom He believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. Despite Abraham's age and despite Sarah's age, despite what Abraham saw, despite how he felt, you know, he lived to 175, but at 99, he was more than halfway through his life. So despite how he felt, despite the physical circumstances, Abraham came to the place where he considered it done that Sarah would give birth to a child at the age of 90, and she became the mother of Isaac. Now, she laughed, but Abraham didn't. Abraham believed God. And I'm sure once she realized she was pregnant, Sarah was a believer too. Abraham believed God. And as Paul tells us in Romans, God, because Abraham believed him, God then credited that to Abraham as righteousness. Abraham was a man. He made some mistakes. He lied on more than one occasion. He was not perfect, but he believed God. He was a faith man. And because of his believing God, God credited that to him as righteousness. Romans 4.18, against all hope. Again, they were old. Sarah had never been able to conceive. Against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. And I want to encourage you to meditate on that the rest of this week. Abraham believed and so he became. He believed and so he became. And you might say, Austin, I'm having trouble believing and there's doubt and there's unbelief. Well, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing and by hearing. You gotta turn off the things of the world and spend more time meditating on the word and renewing your mind to the word and listening to the word. Abraham believed and so he became. Say this, say, I believe, I believe. and so I'm, so I'm becoming. Say, I believe, I believe. and so I am. I believe, and so I have it. Meditate on that. He believed, and so he became. Now, did things just happen overnight? Did he start believing God on Monday and had everything he believed for on Tuesday? See, you, you do your Bible reading and read through Genesis, and you think that everything happened in, that after, you know, cre creation. Now, that may have happened in seven days. But you think everything in Abraham's life happened in seven days. And no, it didn't all happen in seven days. Abraham was 75 years old when God called him. At the age of 100, Sarah, when Abraham was 100, Sarah gave birth to Isaac. 
then Abraham died at the age of 175. So things did not all happen overnight. And even the blessing of God in his life did not all happen overnight. The blessing of God was made manifest over time as he walked with God. And I know in the past year there have been those in full gospel world that have criticized tithing. But Abraham defeated the kings of the valley. Abraham presented a tithe of the spoils of war to Melchizedek. And then it was after that that God appeared to him and a covenant was made and God spoke to him. There's something very powerful there. Abraham believed and so he became. So how do you have faith before you see the physical manifestation? We, we have faith by believing God and by believing his word no matter what we see, no matter what the circumstances are. And how do you know that you have it before you see the physical manifestation? By faith, by faith in God, by faith in his word, by faith in what he has deposited in our hearts. Those good and godly righteous desires came from our heavenly father, not from the enemy. Abraham believed and so he became. He believed, the Lord had told him that he would be the father of many nations. Abraham believed and so he became. The Lord said, look and count the stars if you can. Abraham believed and so he became. Like the stars, like the sand on the shore, he believed and so he became. And Abraham wasn't walking by how he felt at age 99. I don't think anyone here this evening is 99 years old. And so we have to watch what we say. You know, we, we, we think, man, we go to Faith Christian Center and we're so positive. But if we recorded ourselves, we might be surprised at some of the negative things we say. Lester Summerall once told my parents to never say they were tired. So there are things we say that if you stop and think about it, they're negative. I'm getting old. I'm getting older. I hurt. I'm in pain. I'm tired. So we have to watch that. Abraham wasn't walking by how he felt at age 99. Abraham wasn't going by what he saw when he looked at Sarah at the age of 90. And again, to be, be fair to them, they had lived out the majority of their lives. And that's part of why when the Lord said this time next year, Sarah laughed because she thought that that's ridiculous. You know, I've lived the majority of my life have never conceived, have never had children, that's impossible. But our Heavenly Father specializes in doing the impossible. And He does it on the basis of faith. Because when it's done on the basis of faith, and it's totally God, God gets all the credit. Now, part of the story you read about, along the way, they had the, they had the idea to do things by the flesh. And that's when Sarah suggested Hagar and Abraham had Ishmael. You can try and do things by the flesh, but you're not going to have God's results. And then later, there's going to be trouble. Better to believe God and wait for his answer. Better to believe God and wait for his miracle. Better to believe God and wait for his promise. I know there are young people believing God for a spouse. Better to believe God and to wait for the right person than to do your own Hagar and Ishmael and then live with regret. Better 
to believe God and wait on the Lord. And again, I, we don't live in our day-to-day -day as long as Abraham lived in his day. So you're not going to have to wait as long as Abraham. Amen. So don't be nervous in the service. With God, all things are possible. So let's say that. Say, with God, with God all, things are possible. all things are possible. So against all hope, Abraham in hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Just as it had been said to him. In any circumstances of life, what matters is what God has said. Whether it's a financial need or a physical need, what matters is what the word of God says. You might say, well, Austin, I feel. Well, the word says by the wounds of Jesus, we have been healed. Or Austin, you don't know about this bill or that expense. Well, God has said in his word, he shall supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Well, I don't have the money yet. That's why we believe we receive until we do. You might say, well, what if it's not here by Tuesday? Keep believing you receive and keep taking action in faith. In any circumstance of life, what matters is what God has said. In the 90s, we sang a praise song by Ron Canoli with these lyrics. Whose report will we believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. Say, I will believe, I will believe the, report of the, Lord. the report of the Lord. Like he's breaking out all these old songs. Yeah, some good stuff. So you get a negative report or something negative comes in the mouth. What we choose to believe is the word of God. And as we're about to get to, faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Romans 4 and verse 19, without weakening in his faith, Abraham faced the fact. He faced the fact. He faced the facts. So faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith doesn't live in la-la land. Faith chooses to believe God Faith chooses to say what the word of God says despite the circumstances, in the midst of the circumstances. If I just say what is, that doesn't take faith. But in the midst of the circumstances, whatever they are, if I choose to say, well, this, these are what the circumstances may be, but this is what God has said, and this is what is going to happen. That's faith, and God honors and responds to faith. Without weakening in his face, in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. You know, he still had many years ahead of him. I like the way Paul puts this. He faced the fact that his body was as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and that Sarah's womb was also dead. So faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Maybe this is new to you. Maybe faith is new and you've wondered that. Well, are we denying the need? Are we denying the problem? Are we denying? No, faith doesn't deny the circumstances. Faith chooses to believe God in the midst of the circumstances. Faith chooses to say what the word says in the midst of the circumstances. Verse 20, yet Abraham did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded. What's fully persuaded? When the, the enemy can't talk you out of it. When a negative relative can't talk you out of it. Or when you're believing God for this, and an opportunity comes along, but it's not from God, it's from the enemy, 
to do things by the arm of the flesh or to try and take a shortcut, you, you don't head down that road because you're fully persuaded you're going to do things God's way and you're going to wait on God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So Abraham faced the facts without weakening in his face, in his faith. Verse 20 tells us, he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. So how do we strengthen ourselves in our faith? By hearing the word and by meditating on the word of God. Abraham stood fast on the promise of God. He stood fast on what God had said, and he did not waver in unbelief. He didn't walk by what he could see. He didn't walk by how he felt. He didn't walk by what the circumstances were. He walked by the word of God. He walked by what God had said. And to help Abraham and to help Sarah, God changed their names. Originally, Abraham's name was Abram, which was exalted father singular, Abram exalted father, singular. And God changed his name to Abraham, which means father of many. As the Lord had said, father of many nations. And if you're of the mindset that what we say doesn't matter, well, again, well, why are names in the Bible so important? And why were there key moments where, in, the, in the, someone's journey of faith, where God changed their name to propel them to what he had for them? He changed his name from Abram exalted father to Abraham, father of many. Sarai, her name meant princess. Sure, she viewed herself that way. That was her name. Princess, the Lord changed her name to Sarah, which means queen of princes, plural, or mother of princes, plural. So God in his grace helped them out, amen? And he helps us too. That's the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't say that, don't do that, don't go there, say this, go there. He's always trying to lead us to green pastures and still water. So Abraham walked by what the word of God said. He walked by what God had said. As Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we're to walk by faith, by the word, and not by sight. And James in the New Testament wrote about not wavering. James 1, beginning in verse 5, I'm gonna read it out of the King James if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally or generously and upbraideth not. The NIV says without finding fault and it shall be given him. But let him ask in faith. So how do we approach God? In faith. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth. You gotta give up this thing of living for God one week and backsliding the next week. Just gotta give that up. The Bible says that no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. One foot in the kingdom of God and one foot in the world is not a life of victory. And Jesus in Revelation, the churches, he warned about being lukewarm. You just gotta give that up. God has better, amen? amen. And there's a life of victory, but you gotta get past being lukewarm. And that, what is that? That's a life where you're wavering. The things of God one day, the things of the world the next day. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So don't waver in unbelief. Don't 
Be double-minded. Don't waver in being in faith one day and doubt negativity and unbelief the next day. Abraham had absolute confidence in God's promise, his word. With faith in God, nothing is impossible. That's why Paul wrote in Romans 4, 16 and 17, the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all Abraham's offspring. That includes us, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. So this is available to all of us, this life of faith, and to receive from God on the basis of faith. And why do we walk by the word and not by what we see or our circumstances? Because we serve the God who gives life to the dead. And he calls things that are not as though they were. And you might say, Austin, the situation, it is impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. With God, all things are possible. He can take what is dead and make it alive. We serve a living God. We have a living Savior. And his power is at work where? within us. And so we guard what we deposit in our lives. We watch over what we deposit in our lives because we're, we're storing up the good things of God, the good things of the kingdom of God. So when there's a need, there's a problem, there's a challenge, we don't release doubt and negativity and unbelief or what the world says. We release the things of God. We release the word of God. We release faith. And we release the power of God.